Welcome back to the Ed Morrissey Show podcast. Joining us as always, the prince of Twitter, the regent of redstate.com, Andrew Malcolm at A.H. Malcolm on Twitter, not X, but Twitter. <laughs> yeah, it will always be Twitter in our hearts. It'll be Twitter, man. I'm... I'm I'm a grouchy old man. Don't make me change. Don't make me change stuff like well, that. Well, you know how? Uh, what if you say to somebody, "I'm going to X today," they start thinking sex tapes. You know, they would, <laughs> so it's much it's much much safer to say, "I'm going to tweet." <laughs> we should sell this. <laughs> should sell this as X rated. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I can't even imagine people tuning in to see us doing X-rated, let alone the disappointment that they're going to, well, maybe it's not going to be disappointing. Um, They might be, it might be more like relief that we're just talking about Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. Oh, well, that went south fast. All right. So let's get back to the, uh, let's get back to what's happening in the world, man. Um, you got some uh, great stuff up at um, redstate.com. We're going to get to that in a second because the Joe Biden stuff today, today is 9-11 as we're recording this and uh, <laughs> Joe Biden's nowhere to be found. And um, prior to getting that though, I do want to talk about what's happening in New Mexico because I'm really exercised about this. You have the governor there, Michelle Lujan Grisham, deciding that she's going to declare a gun safety emergency in Albuquerque. And it's a county in which Albuquerque sits. Um, and I forget, I, I, think, I think it's Bernalillo County, now that I'm thinking about it, it's Bernalillo County. And um, so that the Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms outside your house has been suspended by order of Michelle Lujan Grisham. Um, I, I don't even know how she came up with the idea that governors have the authority to suspend the federal constitution. I don't even think that they have the authority to suspend, to suspend the state constitution without the legislator legislature participating in, even if there's an authority to do it at all, it'd have to come from the legislature. Um, I, I mean, there's already lawsuits up against this, but I mean, this is a grotesque abuse of power. This is exactly what a lot of people are complaining about with the COVID emergency decree, which is declaring emergencies in order to uh, impose dictatorial edicts on what is supposed to be a constitutionally run republic. And um, I'm amazed that she thought she could get away with this. I'm amazed that she's still defending it. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I don't recall any governor doing this in the past. I don't think that the, I don't think any governor previous to this would have even thought to try something like this. It is it is stunning. It's absolutely stunning. And you know, the media is not covering a lot of it except to say, well, you know, she's taking efforts to, you know, to curtail yeah, right. gun violence. It's nonsense. She is turning law-abiding Americans into criminals for exercising their civil rights. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well. It's got to be important if you're exercised because you're a very mellow fellow. But I, I I don't know that she has the authority either. I remember in the 60s during the urban riots, they they, they there was martial law in the cities. And, and I guess that would suspend some constitutional rights and you would have to be in your house or there were curfews and all of that. But 
but this is this is just beyond the pale. It's just amazing. Uh, is the election next year? I believe her election was last year. Oh, okay. Well, I then New Mexico, she... I think New Mexico. I could be wrong about that. That I, I'll double check that, uh, Andrew. And I should have thought to to look that up. Uh, but if she's coming up for election next, I, and she's this is her second term, so it's possible that there's a term limit too for. Um, yeah. Oh, right. yeah. Well, then that would make it okay, right? Because what yeah. are they going to do to her? They're going to make her lease the car instead of buy it. <laughs> I like that. That's good. Yeah, it's it's. You're right. These things. I don't know that the that the entire country's democracy is under threat, but there are threats around the edge and and in the middle sometimes that are just beyond the pale. That um, it, it's almost like they're looking for a fight of some kind, and that's why I asked about the election because you think, well, is this something you want to have a fight about? And if she was facing an election, um. It might be if if there was a significant woke group in Mexico. I can't imagine, but it's been voting pretty Democrat recently. Well, the and the state legislature is dominated by the Democrats, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I look, it's almost two to one. It's almost veto proof. It's not quite in either chamber, but it's very very close. It's like within a seat of being of having veto proof super majorities in in both of these. Um, by the way, the, the last election, the last gubernatorial election was last year. So she's got, you know, three, three plus years to go. Yeah, on this yeah. term. So I'm not sure if there is a um, I'm not sure if there is a um, term limit. It doesn't appear that there's no, there is a term limit. I take it back. I see where it says that now. Um, two consecutive terms. So she'd have to sit out for at least a term if she wanted to run for a third term as governor. So she's not running for re-election next time out regardless. But yeah. I mean, this is, you know, I, I wrote a lengthy piece today, a somewhat passionate piece that, you know, impeachment exists to deal with things like bribery, with corruption, you know, with, um, you know, criminal malfeasance in office. But really, the impeachment power exists in both the federal and state constitutions, primarily to eject an executive that turns into a tyrant. To remove a president that has decided to accrue, or, or governor that has decided to accrue all of the power in her, his or her own hands and rule outside the Constitution and outside the boundaries of the law, and that's exactly what Grisham is doing. Luhan Grisham is doing here. <laughs> this is this is the reason why we have impeachment is to stop yeah. people from from saying I am suspending the Constitution or I am suspending the rule of law. But uh, impose, imposing it with that much of a almost supermajority, it makes it unreal. Well, know? I mean, it's the same yeah. thing for Biden. People calling her, oh, we got to impeach Biden. Well, no, you're not. You're not going to get, what is it, 60 in the Senate? 67. No. You need 67, actually. Yeah. It's, it's a two-thirds. It's not just uh, the the filibuster. Yeah. It's it's. Yeah. So it, be it becomes one of these phony kabuki play things that they're always doing in Washington. And then they don't understand why their job approval is so low. I don't think they care because they keep getting elected anyway. But it's 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 pathetic that these little plays and charades that they put on, you know, like a, a Senate hearing. You know, have you ever watched any of those on on uh, on C-SPAN? They're not hearings. They're not even listenings. 
They both sides come in. They both sides come in with a script, and the witness reads something that he wrote a week ago, or someone wrote for him, and he reads it, and then the questions are all, well, Mr. Chairman, thank you for the time. I'm going to spend my 15 minutes, and he just goes on and on and on. Yeah. With with a pre-written script. It's it's so formulaic and, and there's nothing there's no substance to it. Nobody's listening, nobody's going responding really. Uh it's just so so frustrating. I I I worked in Washington for brief periods of months uh a couple of times, but um I I resisted assignments there forever because it's just such a phony. Well, swamp is overused, but it is a swamp. Yep. All right, let's take a look at what's going on with uh, Joe Biden, right? Because we, uh, <laughs> I, I, it's it's difficult to find Joe Biden actually yeah. at the moment. <laughs> yeah, well, where's Waldo? Yeah. Yeah, where's where's uh, Dumbo? I think is 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 more what's going on here. Did you see? Did you see? Um, I, I believe this was in Vietnam. It could have been. It was. It was yesterday or day before yesterday, where Corinne Jean Pierre actually had to basically call an end to a press conference in the middle of Joe Biden's answer. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. We're done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was rambling and and lost. And, you know, it's 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 strange because he's not consistently incoherent. It, you know, it comes on and off. So, like some of the things that he says, he was talking. I forget what it was. I just read it before we started the show, um, and, and it was he made a lot of sense uh, from his point of view, not mine, but a right. lot of sense. It was but, coherent, then, in other words. It wasn't necessarily yeah, yeah. didn't agree with him, but it was at least coherent. Coherent and argue, and and it was a solid, fairly solid argument. And then he goes off and talking about. Tony soldiers and I mean it's just <laughs> yeah I saw a clip too and and, to... and nobody does anything nobody except the right media we all write about it and it's kind of like wow how can this happen and then he'll just do it again it's like, oh, the polls if the polls mattered um you know they show that what is it three quarters think he's too old and not up to another term and uh but yeah i mean if you if you count well, just the democrats in that la the latest cnn poll it's 70 yeah. percent think that he's yeah. not to the job yeah. well what are we going to do for the next 14 or 16 months jeepers creepers if there's a crisis yeah I mean, these guys can take him to the cleaners uh what when he's well, all i can say all i can say andrew is repeat after me president kamala harris uh, yeah, well, that's it. I don't think he's smart enough to think of that, but uh, maybe somebody else was. But uh, for him to that is a that is a kind of an impeachment um, belt well, or not uh, Kevlar vest. Yeah, I mean it's a, it's a protection against the Twenty Fifth Amendment, right? Because Kamala Harris is. I mean, I I could put this differently and perhaps more accurately by saying you have to repeat this. Uh, President Kamala Harris in charge of presidential presidentialing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, words, word, president word salad. Um, the, uh, yeah, the, the, the specter of it just shocks you into hoping that 
you can you can weekend at Bernie's this presidency all the way to 2025. <laughs> I know, but in foreign affairs, yeah. he's you know if there's a crisis. Well, now you know well, why he go to the um, uh, ASEAN con uh, uh, conference. They didn't want him there yeah. because he couldn't he couldn't handle it. Yeah, and well, he went to this to the G20, and he's he's just so lost and. I mean, that's disgusting. It's scary and it's disgusting. But what's amazing is that the drumbeat for, geez, we have to do something. What, get this guy tested, get this guy. Uh, and, you know, he's, he's, he's flying back. So the cover for not doing anything on 9-11 was that he spoke to troops and first responders in Alaska during a, a quickie refueling stop. Uh, yeah. Okay. Fine. Yeah. That is, yeah, that, that is the United <laughs> States. But yeah, this guy, and then he's taking Tuesday off. It. He he's taking the day the day after the trip off, which tells you, you know, he's, he's not right. really up to it. Yeah. Right. Can you imagine Trump taking a, Trump getting five hours of sleep and then jumping up and doing three rallies in three states? I mean, so Biden is taking Tuesday off. Uh, and he's going to do something on Wednesday, fundraiser, and uh, some setup meeting in Washington. And then I think he's leaving town again on Thursday, late Thursday or early Friday for another <clears throat> weekend at Joey's uh, in in Delaware. Um, you wonder what you know what uh, what are they doing? What what? do they do to him that he can't have it done in in the white house that some people would see the servants would see or there'd be a leak because they don't they don't put out the logs from his house no in, Del in delaware so we don't know what doctor or what medical team or what one of hunter's friends brings over some medicines uh it, it's and and yet the mainstream media is just like hmm. they don't yeah. even they don't even comment on it. I, 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 I can't imagine. I've saw examples when I was uh, uh, up until '93 when I was in the on the New York Times. I saw some examples of that kind of blindness, but it was blindness to um. What's the word? Blatant portrayal of liberal sympathies. Um, and we had a, a <laughs> this sounds so ridiculous. We had a, a, a really violin strung story about uh, a drug dealer, an 18 or 19 year old kid in the projects. I think it was in the Bronx. And he was doing drugs and making a fortune and you know some deal went bad and he got killed and they went and talked to his mother and his mother said well she couldn't believe he was a drug dealer you know the guy's bringing her home one or two thousand dollars cash every few days and the picture in the times is her sitting there with a stereo tv setup on the shelves behind her that I couldn't afford if I if I got a mortgage on it. I mean, it was a it was a huge stereo system, yeah. and and 
no, she didn't think anything. And so you, you say, if you were in it, if I was the editor, I'd say, well, wait a minute. First of all, I don't think we can use this picture. But second of all, did you ask her uh, when she had the funds to buy this amazing stereo fit that nothing for her high school dropout son and nothing sounded funny? <laughs> So, but this is questions. You're not allowed to ask those questions, Andrew. Yeah, yeah. No, you're not allowed to ask questions if it's if it's making life better for you. Uh, So, anyway, uh, and you know, and I raised that with an editor, not the editor, and it was like, oh well, you know, I wasn't on that story. Okay, so in other words, uh, I I was just an eyewitness to the holdup. It's just it just makes me so sad for the media to yeah, you know, to relinquish its con its constitutional duty. Well, yeah, yeah. Although I do have to say, I, I will give credit uh, to um, oh, I can't remember who it was that was interviewing Kamala Harris. Um, well, yesterday as we're recording Sunday about abortion. Did you see this clip? Because it's been floating around. It's actually pretty uh, good. Yeah. That was, wasn't it Jonathan Carl on ABC, I think? Oh, I thought or, it, was, it was. It was NBC. Maybe it was NBC. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Could have been, yeah. Maybe it was Chuck. It could have been Chuck Todd. He just is leaving. At any yeah. rate, she's being interviewed and saying, you know, nobody is arguing for, nobody's arguing for, you know, unrestricted abortion through all nine months up to the moment of birth. And she gets asked, so what restrictions, you know, what, 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 part, what, what date of gestation would you support restrictions on? Oh, well, you know, between a woman and a doctor, blah, blah, blah. And, and the interviewer, and I, I'm, I apologize for not having this upfront in mind. It just came to me, came back around to the same question saying, so, okay. Yeah. But if you don't think that, you know, people should have, abortions up to the moment of birth when do you propose to have a restriction and i was stunned maybe that's the reason why i can't remember who it was yeah you were stunned that that they was a follow-up yeah but they're actually asking this right which is um something that they should have been asking all along you know the media's been trying to paint republicans as extremists but they refuse to actually usually refuse to actually go down this road which is to say put Democrats on the spot as to what they mean by, you know, um, uh, you know, nobody wants to ban, nobody wants to have late term abortions. Okay. <laughs> if that's the case, shouldn't be too difficult to restrict it. So, uh, so what are you, what are you talking? What do you hear? Yeah. <laughs> what's word yeah. on the street? Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. What's the word on the street? What, remember, remember in the Starsky and Hutch shows, they were always going, they were always going to the shoeshine guy and saying, but they were serious. You know, Huggy so what's Huggy Bear? Oh, uh, yeah. What's word on the street? What's <laughs> word on the street? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I have to, excuse me, I have to admit that I have used that at some family gatherings when they ask some question. I say, well, word on the street is as if I'm. As if I'm hanging out down in the hood. <laughs> yeah, I, I usually say something like, uh, you know, word around the campfire is. <laughs> Antonio Vargas, by the way, played Huggy Bear on Starsky and Hutch. For those, for those who are too young to remember Starsky and Hutch, and to you I say, 
get off my damn lawn. Turn down your radio. That's right. I want to get to another uh, thing that you wrote that's up in the VIP section here. And um, I'm just going to move over to it really quickly here. This is your Malcolm on the right. Beware of media pundits professing fake fears on the GOP race. Now, I love I love this because, and you and I have talked about this, that people trying to say that polling in August is somehow fully predictive of voter behavior five yeah. months out. And it's it's simply not true. People aren't people don't have to make a decision right now, so they're sticking with their priors. Right. And um, I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that Donald Trump isn't still you know, the odds on favorite doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, Ron DeSantis is going to be the runner up to this thing or or in contention. But it does mean that maybe you should wait until you know, we get closer to actual votes before yeah. well, start extrapolating and working out into the future. And you remember uh, the Pew Center or Research Center uh, back in the, after the 2016 cycle, they went back and interviewed uh, uh, Republicans and they found that Virtually every Republican they talked to uh, at various points in the cycle had changed their mind about who they supported at least once, most of them at least twice, and some three and four times had changed their minds. So so to talk about in September, uh, oh, well, this looks pretty uh, predictive. No, no, it's not. It's not, otherwise, we otherwise we would have President Newt Gingrich and and uh, Mitt Romney and Herman Cain. That's right, Herman Cain. Oh, you remember his cat? His cabinet? He had the best cabinet. And 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 Dick Gebhardt. Remember him? Yeah, Dick Gebhardt. Dick, Dick Gebhardt was 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 a really interesting pre- presidency. But you know, Herman Cain, the whole. <laughs> The whole uh, pizza scandal that turned out because Godfather Pizza put pineapple on its pizza, you know, that almost derailed pre- the presidency of Herman Cain. I, I remember that. Well, actually, I loved Herman Cain. Herman Cain was a great guy. I It was so much fun to interview Herman Cain. And he was just sort of a fun, you know, he's a sort of a fun personality. But I mean, I, I didn't think Herman Cain was going to necessarily go anywhere, but he was certainly making it enjoyable. And yeah. he going yeah, well, at one point and that's what these debates are they're entertainment they're they're not they're not they're not testing or looking into any of the qualities that a president would need that a good president would need to call on uh they're not it's a it's a it's a reality show and people watch it to see who's going to screw up and who's going to hand hand out a zinger and they're still talking about uh, Tulsi Gabbard's uh, zingers on Kamala, and uh, what was his name, Benson Zinger on on um, Lloyd Benson on, on, and Dan Quayle, yeah, Lloyd yeah and Dan Ronald Reagan Zinger. You know, I think I mentioned this before on the show, but uh, years later, Walter Mondale told me, "Well, if you look at the video when Reagan zinged him with, I'm not going to hold my opponent to youth." against him um uh you see mondale smiling and laughing with the audience but he said he knew at that moment he was doomed to lose <laughs> and uh, and by the way i'm sure dan quayle knew that he was doomed to lose that debate when lloyd benson unloaded on him um yeah 
But it didn't did it change the outcome of the election? No, because people don't vote for vice presidents. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, boom. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Van Quill ended up being vice president anyway, so uh, he had the last laugh. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but, you know, the, the idea that you're going to have uh, some sort of predictive vision of this in August, especially in this particular instance, because there are so many other variables now in this, what's going to happen in the courts, for better or worse for Trump, because so far it's been for the better, right? It keeps, it keeps him in the news. It yep. makes him more of a victim. Um, it is solidifying his traditional base support, which is good for him. It may not be good for him in a general election, but it'd be, it's good for him in a primary. And all that's true, but we don't know how that's going to play out over the next few months. Uh, exactly. We don't, know, yeah. you know, we don't know what's going to happen in a trial. We don't even know if he's going to have enough money <laughs> to get through to the primaries in order to organize it well, because most of the money that he's raising is going to pay his attorney fees and the attorney fees of some, <laughs> and I say some, of his... Um, co-defendants, not others. Jenna Ellis isn't getting a dime because she's supporting Ron DeSantis. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh. topic. But yeah. I mean, we just don't know. We don't know. Uh, you know, we know what we don't know. This is this isn't even a um, what's his name? Uh, Don. Um, oh, Don Don Rumsfeld. Uh, it's not even a Rumsfeldian conundrum. It's not that we don't know what we don't know. We know what we don't know, and because we know what we don't know, maybe we should go along with the idea that, hey, maybe we don't know how this is all going to play out yet. Um, There's an idea. You get down to Thanksgiving or so, and and it starts to clarify itself a little bit, one way or the other. And and the media, and I I wrote about this uh, on Red State a while back, but there is a collusion. It may be an inadvertent collusion between the media and the candidates in that the media thinks it needs something new every day. Therefore, the only thing that's really new every day is um, the polls, and it's not even every day. So they will chew over uh, a new poll for several days, and they forget to say these are just snapshots at the moment, and by the time I'm writing this, I'm sure they've all changed. They don't say that. So, uh, and of course, politicians, I, I was on a presidential campaign and politicians know this. So they save things and they will make an announcement uh, of something new on a day uh, before usually lunchtime or right at lunchtime uh, to give the TV people time to edit it, edit it and get it on the evening news. Uh, to give them something new, right? And and uh, and the reporters are constantly complaining. Oh, he said this before, and I said, you know what? He hasn't said it to these people before, right? This, this is a campaign appearance. This isn't a reporter's appearance. He's not doing this for you, Ron. <laughs> he's yeah, doing exactly. it. He's doing it for the audience and for the people who will see the video. Um, so. Yeah, and I and I'm not sure that people under that most people understand uh, the game that's going on for things to seem new. Yeah, they're not. They're not new. No, they're, 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 
they're packaged in new. It's like re-gifting Christmas gifts. You know, the fruitcake that you've been giving. For... <laughs> I knew people who did that, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I got married uh, in, in Canada. And in Canada, wedding cakes, for some weird reason, wedding cakes are fruitcakes. The most disgusting food on the planet. What? I like fruitcake. Oh, no. Ed, I'm sorry. I resigned from this show. This is it's the most disgusting thing. You eat a piece of cake, and there's little chewy things inside it. There's little worms that have gotten into the flour. It's just disgusting. So we went to the hotel. It was the Four Seasons Hotel in Toronto, and we had them right on the wedding order. Wedding cake for this wedding is birthday cake. Birthday cake. And, of course, we cut it for the photographers, and it was fruitcake. Just, I mean, it, it, that's going to, I'm going to complain about that till I'm not able to complain about anything. It was just so disappointing. You know, I'm, you know what I'm going to get you for Christmas this year? No, you're not. <laughs> a, Collins Street, a Collins Street Bakery fruitcake, because this is apparently the, this is, an, it, it's actually made, um, not far from where I where I live in Central Texas, and um, and it's supposed to be the world's best fruit cake. They send it out all over the world. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, one yeah. of their one of their fruit cake cans, in fact, even made it into The Godfather, the first film, The Godfather. Oh, really? Uh. When, when, when Sonny's on the phone, when he's getting uh, when he's getting uh, you know uh, suckered into going out to oh, yeah. to beat up. Um, what what's his name? I can't remember, I can't remember the, the his yeah. brother's name. Um, and gets angry if you look very carefully because Collins Street Bakery actually likes to highlight this. There is a Collins Street Bakery tin on the counter. So, it's exactly the same as it looks today. So so it's bad luck to eat their cakes if you're in the mafia. Oh yeah. well, fine if you're going to do that, Andrew. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, go okay. Oh, okay. I well, mean, for me, I can't it's a Kringle from we get Kringle from Wisconsin. That's the big holiday thing. Thanksgiving. And I get two Thanksgivings at Canadian and, and which is Columbus Day weekend and uh in the States and Christmas Kringle. Well, brag, 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 brag. I one last question before we go to the jokes of the day, though. Yeah. I mean, do you think that Biden's going to pay any price at all for not showing up to any of the 9-11 remembrances? No. no. Do you think that, no. uh, do you think that the explanation that um, shouldn't we stop doing this after 22 years is. is, is oh, that out? is, that's terrible. Oh, terrible? you can't, you can't do that. It's like uh, my mother's dead. Why do we celebrate mother's day? Well, what? I, nobody, obviously, um, this must be a young campaign person who said this. He's got yeah. a bunch of he's got a bunch of young millennials there, and they and they don't you know they were what three years old when their parents were crying in the living room. Yeah, it's just everything is so depressing. Ed, why do we bother with anything? In I fact, don't know. The hell with it. Yeah, the hell with it. Let's get to the jokes of the day then. <laughs> yeah, let's. Yeah. Lighten things up. Um, I've got a couple for a change. Uh, these are all old, of course. Uh, 
Jimmy Fallon said, Bob Dylan has been asked to be the voice of a new GPS system. Bob Dylan's GPS will be the first designated to get you anywhere except your destination. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. I like that one too, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and then Conan, he said, this week, two people in New Jersey were arrested for growing marijuana at home. Police became suspicious when they found something growing in Newark. <laughs> that that is a depressing place. I have yeah, to say, yeah. I've heard. Oh. I've never been there, but I've heard. Oh, and I, had, right, I well. used to had to go there for some stories when I was a new reporter, and that was oh my god. Yeah, Cory Booker's from there. Can't be all that great, right? Oh yeah, but they had a Republican mayor years ago. There was a Republican mayor there. I guess he didn't get much done. But one time, uh, Fox Butterfield, I don't know if you remember him, but he I was do. a reporter. He was uh, he was on the You're Going to Be a Reporter program on the New York Times after me, two years after me. And he got in. He was covering Newark and he got in some trouble and there were violent threats. So they had a bodyguard uh, assigned to him every time he went into Newark. <laughs> and if you're part of the news you can't write about it on the new york times or at least in those days so they assigned me to cover him covering the news in case anything <laughs> happened i i've ribbed i've ribbed him about that so much uh and fortunately he put in the good the the bodyguard was like six eight like, like a like an nfl lineman it was just, it was just a huge a huge guy and so I, I wasn't going to, I told Fox, don't worry, I'm not attacking you because then I'd be part of the story and I couldn't write. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing happened though. So of course it was another wasted day as a junior reporter. Well, and I'm sure that there were plenty of those days. I got a couple of oh, jokes for you. There though. were, yeah, please. <laughs> All right, here's a couple of jokes from jokesofthedaynet I got them from here today. First joke is, Guy's hired to paint lines on a little country road, so the boss gives him a big can of paint, a brush, and sends him out. At the end of the day, when he comes to get paid, he tells the boss he got two miles done. The boss is you know, pretty impressed by that. At the end of the second day, the painter reports that he did a half mile. The boss is a little curious about that, but doesn't say anything. Um, and at the end of the third day, the painter reports he did 400 yards. And the boss says, well, wait a minute. <laughs> That's quite a bit different than the first day. And the painter says, yeah, well, it's a lot longer walk to get back to the paint can now. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, I didn't see that one coming. That's good. That's good. All right. Here's here's one of those rabbi minister priest jokes. Okay. This is this is, I like this one. Rabbi and priest and a minister have their houses of worship side by side. So they decide to carpool. On the first day, the other two are shocked to see the pastor lay hands on the uh, on the hood and pray silently. What are you doing? The priest says, um, and the minister says, "Well, I'm just dedicating the car to the Lord's service." A good idea. The, I'll be right back. The priest says and goes into the church. He comes back out with a bulb on a short stick and shaking water out onto the car. And the rabbi says, "What are you doing?" And he says, "I'm consecrating it with holy water." Great idea. The rabbi says he runs into a synagogue, comes back out with a hacksaw and shaves about an inch off the tailpipe. <laughs> 
That's disgusting. <laughs> but that, is hurt. it? that one hurts. Yeah. All the guys, all the guys are doing this, right? Um, yeah. Is right. it as disgusting as fruitcake, though? Uh, that's that's the. Yeah, uh, well, no, fruitcake is the top. There's, there's except for Brussels sprouts. There's nothing more disgusting than fruitcake. It's just, it's just an awful thing. Little things in it. Oh. All right. Let me make a note to self. When yeah, right, right. Dinner. Make sure you order that cake. I'm not giving Brussels you my sprouts. Brussels sprouts. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. I've got the menu down, Andrew, for, for when you no, can. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I might not be able to make it, Ed. Let's stop at the uh, the Waffle House beforehand. Yeah. It's, it's always, the Waffle House is always a safe bet. So good. And it's uh, good and it's always Andrew. open. It's always, always open. open. Yep. It's always open. All right, Andrew Malcolm, the prince of Twitter, the regent of red state, fruitcake denier. <laughs> <laughs> at A.H. Malcolm on Twitter. And of course, VIP section at redstate.com. Go there and check it out. Andrew, as always, what a great week. <laughs> Can't wait to do it again next week. Okay, buddy. See ya. See ya, everybody. This is Ed Morrissey of hotair.com for Town Hall. Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham elevated herself above the U.S. Constitution last week in suspending the Second Amendment in parts of New Mexico. Lujan Grisham had declared a gun violence emergency in Albuquerque and suspended all rights to keep and bear arms outside the home for 30 days. This is an act of tyranny. Governors operate under authority granted by both the federal and state constitutions, not the other way around. Lujan Grisham took an oath to uphold both, but then declared that oath to be not absolute. In doing so, Lujan arrogated all power into her hands and stripped American citizens of their civil rights. Now comes the question, will state legislators follow their oaths to uphold and defend the U.S. Constitution? The only political defense against an executive that seizes such power is impeachment and removal. New Mexico's state legislature is dominated by Democrats. They ought not to circle the wagons around their tyrant. I'm Ed Morrissey. <laughs>